become a patron of Entertainment Landfill. Go to patreon.com slash landfill for details. Entertainment Landfill is made possible by contributions from listeners like you. Thank you. What up, Mortar Forkers? It's the 11-year anniversary of Entertainment Landfill, which was once called Nowhere in Mulberry. Have you been listening all this time, or have you only started listening recently? Please do us a favor and send us a voicemail about your Nowhere in Mulberry slash Entertainment Landfill experience. Tell us about your favorite moments, parts that made you laugh the hardest, etc. We gotta have some voicemail to play on the anniversary show this Friday, so send them to nimpodcast at gmail.com. And now it's time for a Balls Out Hells, a popping good time with your host, the Jaystrom, the Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla. We's fun be getting down here in a moment, y'all. Boom goes the dynamite. It's time for entertainment landfill news, silly. Now, here's your host, the Jaystrom. presents Landfill News with your host, The Jaystrom. Now, here's your host, The Jaystrom. Hello, heyo everyone. Welcome to the show. I am The Jaystrom. It is time for Entertainment Landfill. And I want to apologize for TRS-80. She's drunk. I've got to, like, reboot her or something or, you know, clear the cash on it. But uh, everything will be back to normal soon. But, guys, thank you so much for joining me for a live entertainment landfill news. I've been doing it every Wednesday all summer long. And it's been a lot of fun. I mean, there I missed maybe two shows, maybe. Or three, you know. But, I, um, no, actually, I think I've only missed one. The other times that I missed it on a Wednesday, I did it on a Thursday. So I, I did pretty good production-wise, and I hope you guys are digging it. Just me sitting down, talking about the news, giving you my opinion on things, etc. I mean, what do I know about anything? It's just me blowing hot air. <laughs> just me entertaining myself, and hopefully I'm entertaining you too. Uh, but like TRS-80 said, it's the 11-year anniversary of the show. It's insane. And uh, we want to do a little anniversary show this Friday. I'm gonna, it's going to be me, Bill, and Steven. Or should I say Bill, Steven, and I. Sorry, forgive me. Uh, and uh, we just want to talk about doing the show and stuff. And uh, I would love to hear from people who listen to the show. Uh, send a voicemail. We can play it. It'll be a good time. Just a love fest, man. That's all it's going to be. Just us appreciating ourselves. <laughs> You know what I mean. And my dog's bringing me something to play with. I'm sorry, I can't right now. (laughs) Uh, But uh, guys, 
uh, I'm excited to do a show, and I'm certainly excited for this Friday. But first of all, I want to give a shout out to Brandon, John, and Jose in the chat room. Thank you guys so much for listening live. I see someone else is listening elsewhere, and that's awesome because there's the Mixler app. You can friggin' listen to this show on your freaking cell phone, smartphone, I should say, on your freaking smartphone. It's amazing technology. You can even chat and send me a message from the app. Uh, it's so cool. And I'm going to get into some news here in a second. But, you know, recently I'd been playing No Man's Sky. Haven't played it at all this week because I've been working on the audio novel that uh, patrons of the show can hear right away. They can hear chapters one and two. And I've kind of gotten into it, you know, some people saying some nice things. And I'm like, oh, i got to work on this. And I recorded Chapter 3 yesterday. And um, I haven't been able to play No Man's Sky. But I'm not sick of it. I've read some people like, oh, yeah, I played it. You know, it's just the same thing over and over. This game was overhyped. And I started thinking about that. I remember back when uh, Star Wars came out, uh, the most recent one. Uh, that I don't remember what it's called. The Force Awakens, of course I know what it's called. But I remember saying, hey, what did you think of it? Just You know how like you ask somebody and you don't really even care, but you're supposed to ask them? Like you're at a little get-together, there's some adults, you don't really know them that well. Maybe it's a little thing with your children's parents or something, and they're like, oh yeah, we saw Star Wars the other day. Oh yeah? What did you think of it? And at the same time you're saying that, you're like, I don't really care what you thought of it. And the answer was, eh, it was overhyped. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like thinking, what does that mean? It was overhyped. And I started thinking about that because that's the same thing you hear about No Man's Sky. Oh, man, it's overhyped. So what does that mean? Like I started playing it, it's just overhyped. Okay, think about when you're saying something was overhyped, it means that it was hyped up too much. It was talked about too much. People talked about it too much. You know, certainly they talked about Star Wars a lot. But it's up to us as a consumer or a fan to pay attention to that talk, isn't it? So in what I'm trying to say is if you something was overhyped, it's because you made it happen. You are at fault for getting too excited, too pumped up, which, you know, we tend to do at times, but you can't really criticize something for being overhyped for the reason you didn't like it. You can't say, oh, that movie was overhyped. That's not a review. That's not a critique of something. That's the way you feel. I was too... Here, here's an answer. Jason, what'd you think of Star Wars The Force Awakens? Which I loved, but it, say I'm a dick. I'm douchebag, Jason. Okay. Hey, Jason, what did you think of uh, The Force Awakens? I was way too excited about it. I read every article, every website, every spoiler. I watched the trailer exactly 5,000 times. I was so excited. This was going to be the greatest film I've ever seen. And when I watched it, it wasn't. So what I'm going to tell you right now is it was overhyped. <laughs> so that's like No Man's Sky. A lot of people built it up, put it on a pedestal. And when they played it and it was just a normal game, they were like, oh, man, this was overhyped. Stop saying that. Just what I'm trying to say is 
You were too excited for it, and you couldn't chill the F out. Just like movies, let the video game come to you, buddy. Just chill out, sit down and play it. Guess what? My expectations weren't through the roof. I just wanted to play the freaking game. I wanted to get in a spaceship, take off from the ground, fly into space out of the atmosphere without a load screen. Guess what? It does that, and it's amazing, and I'll never get over it. So, please, people, stop saying things were overhyped as your critique of a thing. Because it's just ridiculous. And let me put my soapbox away. There we go. That wasn't even a good sound effect, was it? Come on, i got to have something better than that. Let's see what we got. Alright, here, let me put my soapbox away. Yeah, there we go. Better. By the way, you know, because the show Entertainment Landfill or Nowhere in Mulberry, Entertainment Landfill. Bill's busy with school now. Uh, Steven's at work. We haven't been able to do the show like usual, like the three-hour extravaganza where we talk about Hell's Kitchen or MasterChef or uh, Cake Boss and do clips and uh, intros and all that. Foggy has been laid off. We don't need him anymore. I can play the drops myself, so... Maybe you'll see him on another podcast. He actually is starting a, a podcast. It's called Overhyped with Foggy. I want you guys to check that out soon. It's awesome. Now, our first story. There's been a new Batman trailer. And before you get too excited, before you get too overhyped, it's an animated movie straight to Blu-ray. But it looks amazing. I saw this and I was like, dude, the Return of the Cape Crusaders... On Blu-ray, we've got a full new trailer with the latest details for you today in our recently announced upcoming animated movie, Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders, a full-length feature from Warner Brothers Animation and DC Entertainment that reunites Adam West, Burt Ward, and Julie Newmar as the voices of the respective iconic TV characters, Batman, Robin, and Catwoman. You can check out the trailer. All right, let's check it out. You guys can't see it, but listen to it. It looks amazing. It's starting to heat up, Batman. Well, we do smell delicious. The smell of death, Robin, I'm afraid. Yes, this is our last meal, Batman. Then this is one time I would advocate starting with dessert. I suppose it doesn't matter if we ruin our appetites now. No, Robin. Dessert is a new Batman film. Holy spoiler alert! Starring us? Correct, Robin. We're back this fall at an all-new feature-length animated movie, Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders. Holy entree, Batman. What foes do we face? Joker, Riddler, Penguin, and Catwoman. On Earth. And in space. Wow! With the voices of Adam West, Burt Ward, and Julie Newmar? True. And a good crime fighter always keeps his fans informed. Stay tuned, citizens, to the Batmobile. Awesome. So November 1st, that comes out. And they have a trailer of the actual movie, which looks like a lot of fun. It's done in the style of the 60s TV show. And it's just really cool. Um, I'm excited to see that. All right, here's some... uh, 
Wait, I'm going to move this down to TV area and go with another movie story. Okay, here we go. Star Wars Rogue One director explains what the film's title really means. Okay. I figured, you know, because like in Star Wars, there's Rogue Squadron, you know, Rogue One, uh, Rogue Five standing by or something. Let's see. Rogue One, a Star Wars story, is the first anthology film in the main franchise from Lucasfilm. And as such, is the first to not have the term episode thrown in the title. While other Star Wars movies have undoubtedly had other titles that fans refer to them as, calling, for example, Return of the Jedi instead of Star Wars Episode Six, for example, Rogue One simply exists as just that. Talking to Empire Magazine, director Gareth Edwards revealed why they chose that title for the film and what it all meant in the greater context of Star Wars lore. Rogue One is a military call sign to some extent, but this is the first film that's gone off... I don't know that word. What is this word right here? Peaced. A film that's gone off-piste and is not part of the saga. <laughs> or the Anakin story. So it's the Rogue One, you know? Like, the Rogue One? The Rogue film from all the others? I get it! That's awesome! It's the Rogue One. The military call that Edwards is talking about has been referenced in previous Star Wars films, too. The squadron of the Snowspeeder pilots were, that were featured in The Empire Strikes Back were nicknamed Rogue. Edwards is more than aware of the term and said he included it as a nod to the film. Rogue One, a Star Wars story, stars Felicity Jones as... Okay, we know that. We already know it, guys. But anyway, that's cool, though. It's kind of... Uh, it's a bit cheeky, right? It's a bit cheeky, isn't it? No, it's not. Shut up. Alright, that's the wrong bomb sound. Uh, can we hire Foggy back, please? I'm not really good at this. Let's see. Thank you, Foggy. All right, he's on the soundboard. Yeah! Wait, isn't that the same one? Oh, well. Let's move on. Okay, this... When I read this, first of all, I want to say something. I... On the Xbox... Xbox One or Xbox 360, I have Xbox Gold. And I mainly have it. I've let it expire before. Back in the day, you could only play Netflix and Hulu on your Xbox if you had that. It was ridiculous. You didn't, ha you didn't need PlayStation Plus to play on PS3, play uh, Netflix and stuff. But finally, they did away with that on the Xbox. So I was just like, I don't need this or whatever. But then, like, Destiny came out, and I wanted to play it with uh, Bill. And uh, then my daughter, I gave her my old 360, and she plays it with her cousin, plays Minecraft and stuff. So I need it. But now, PlayStation Plus, which I let expire because I don't really need it, uh is raising prices. PlayStation Plus gets pricier next month. PlayStation Plus will increase on September 22nd, according to an update on the PlayStation blog. Beginning in just one month from today, new and current members will have to pay upward of $60 for one year of the service. Jeez, that's a little steep. New membership prices are as follows. $59.99 for one year, up from $49.99. $24.99 for three months, up from $17.99. That's the one I would get whenever I would like see a game I wanted for free. 
$9.99 for one month, no change in price. Oh, so, so kind of them. Current subscribers will be hit with the pricier fees after renewing their accounts. This is the first time that they'll be expected to pay more. The PlayStation blog states prices have remained stable since PlayStation Plus launched in 2010. Those who are unhappy with the new prices can cancel their membership and in doing so, forfeit plus privileges. These include games given away to subscribers every month, as well as online multiplayer access on the PlayStation 4. Discounts are regularly offered to Plus members on the PlayStation Store as well. So, you gotta weigh it. Is this worth it to you? Do you play regularly online with buddies? Are you always playing Destiny all the time? Or Call of Duty? Wait, Call of Duty? Uh, uh, that's Xbox. It's gonna... It's now on Sony. I don't know. Well, multiplayer games, all right? <laughs> so, that's kind of disappointing, isn't it? Oh, well. All right. Uh, I just saw this and I thought it was neat. I don't own a 4K television. I would like to get one one day, but I don't know what is available in 4K right now. Uh, I would have to start buying 4K Blu-rays, and it's not like I can watch 4K... I'm not even sure if I would... I don't think my internet is fast enough to get 4K Netflix or anything like, like this, but check this out. If you've decided to get a 4K TV, you're probably faced with the challenge of finding good content that makes use of it. Unfortunately, not everything is labeled as 4K. This site helps you tell the difference. Real or fake 4K? For something to be as authentically 4K as possible... It should ideally be shot, edited, and rendered at a 4K resolution. However, in some cases, especially older films from before a time when 4K really existed, this might not be the case. Real or fake 4K helps break down the differences between individual movies. The site will note how a movie was shot, what process was used in editing, and how that translates to a real-world viewing experience for you. In some cases, even having something that was less than ideal 4K will still be better than the standard HD format. The site notes that when the 4K media you're watching is an improvement, even if it doesn't reach the highest bar. The site will also tell you where you can buy the highest quality 4K compatible media so you can get started watching stuff on your shiny new TV. So check out realorfake4k.com. And they're not endorsing this show, so... Uh, but that sounds cool. It sounded like I was doing an ad, didn't it? Um, when I, I'm going to check that out when I get a TV. But right now, it doesn't matter. Now, I thought this was cheesy. Really cheesy. But we used to cover, of course... Isn't it funny when you think about it? For years, we covered Celebrity Apprentice on the show. Or even Regular Apprentice. And... You know, we knew Trump was a jackass then, and we just kind of made fun of the show, and we had a good time with it. And it's crazy what's going on now. But did you notice that Arnold Schwarzenegger is the new host of Celebrity Apprentice? NBC is laying the groundwork for Celebrity Apprentice's inevitable new "You're Terminated" catchphrase. The network has unveiled the first promo featuring the reality franchise's new host, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And to say it tips its hat to the actor's signature Terminator role is an understatement. Schwarzenegger fills the void left by the original host. Huh, wonder who that is. The new season was shot last spring, and it bows in early 2017. 
So, guys, I gotta do it. I'm gonna check out the promo. Coming to NBC, we got the little robot hands building something. No doubt the endoskeleton. Is James Cameron suing, by the way? <laughs> oh my god. Or, uh... Let's get down to business. Arnold Schwarzenegger is the new boss on The Celebrity Apprentice, coming in January to NBC. Uh, <laughs> uh, you guys check that out. Okay, uh, I will most certainly be watching it. It's, it's kind of a neat idea that Schwarzenegger is, uh, you know, the host. I'd like to see how he does. Do you think he will say that instead of you're fired? You're terminated. That'd be pretty cool. Why do you cry? I cry because... <sighs> Never mind. So why not they just call him Girl George? I don't know. Okay, guys, The Departed. Remember that movie with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Jack Nicholson? It was, a, it was based on Infernal Affairs, that trilogy. And uh, Bill hated it. Well, it's being turned into an Amazon series. Well, at least it's in development, so maybe it'll be made. The streaming video service is developing a series based on the Martin Scorsese 2006 Oscar-winning movie The Departed. Deadline reports, the film, with a cast including Leonardo DiCaprio, Matt Damon, Jack Nicholson, was set in Boston and involved Irish-run organized crime. The series, written by Jason Richman of Detroit 187, will take place in the Windy City. It will be a rebooted blend of The Departed and the movie that inspired it, Infernal Affairs. The TV series will unfold in modern-day Chicago, where a rookie cop goes undercover in a Latino gang at the same time one of the gang's members gains access to the city's police department. The action will center on both characters as they try to stay alive. It sounds to me like they're just using the concept of of Infernal Affairs, and they're making it their own thing. So it's loosely based. Uh, I don't know. Well, I'll let you guys know as more develops. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! We got somebody else in the in the, in the his house, and that would be Adam Sexton. What's up, Adam? <laughs> yeah, Bill didn't like the Departed. He was not a big fan. Uh, we used to argue about it. Now. Guys, Walking Dead news. You guys love this show, right? Oh my god, every year, no one is safe. It gets more dangerous for our characters. And uh, The Walking Dead's Jeffrey Dean Morgan had no idea the season was ending in a cliffhanger. That's right, remember the season finale? He plays this mysterious character named Negan. Who, in the com People who read the comics know he's an asshole with a bat who kills people. Well... They didn't show who he killed in the final episode. They built it up all season. Who will he kill? One of the cast members will die. Like one of the actors. He's going to kill an actor on the show. No, but anyway, on the final episode, he kills a camera from the point of view. He's beating the camera with, a, with his bat. And nobody actually died. And people were pissed. They said The Walking Dead shit the bed. Now they're teasing this season as... Who did he kill? You waited all summer long to find out. Okay? Well, while viewers may have left... Uh, while viewers may have felt left in the dark when The Walking Dead season ended with a massive cliffhanger, 
they can at least take solace in the fact that they weren't the only ones. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who plays Negan, the man who delivered the killing blows to the camera, tells us that they never told him who he was killing. He had no clue. He was beating a camera wrapped in styrofoam. And he did not find out the identity of the victim until he read the first script of season seven. Not only that, but Morgan says that shooting the emotional return episode amounted to, quote, 10 days of hell for the cast and crew due to the end result of Negan's little game of eeny, meeny, miny, moe. And he also had a message for anyone who feels cheated by the cliffhanger. What he says is, they didn't tell me. I didn't know that anybody knew on that particular evening. And if they did, no one has copped to me. But I certainly didn't know. I've seen interviews where Norman said, I know, but honestly, don't know that anybody really knew. This is like a comedy bit, isn't it? I know that you know that you don't know that I knew, but I really didn't know that you know that I didn't know anything that anybody got killed in the season finale because the writers haven't written it yet. And so he, they were like, hey, were you surprised that people were super pissed at how lame the finale was? Yeah, it surprised me how upset people were. I think it kind of shocked all of us. Frankly, the people were so upset. Look, it's storytelling at its best. And from the beginning of time, there's been cliffhangers. Oh, shut up. He's a hired actor. They don't tell him anything. All right, guys. One of these stories that goes around like, hey, we got a screenshot of this movie. Everybody click on it. It's of uh, Anthony Hopkins. He looks like a homeless hobo sticking his tongue out to the camera. People are like, hey, what's this at? It looks like Odin looks pretty rough in the new Thor. So here we get the headline. Odin looks pretty rough in new Thor Ragnarok. Okay. Set photos, both official and otherwise, from the set of Thor Ragnarok continue to hit the internet. And the latest batch feature the return of another familiar face. Though he's not looking quite how you remember him. With most of Ragnarok taking place in Asgard and its various unearthly realms, it's kind of surprising to see Anthony Hopkins in costume on the streets of New York City. Looks like he's in some need of some spare change. And a change of clothes. <laughs> Last we saw of Hopkins, the powerful Odin had been displaced by Tom Hiddleston's Loki, who worked a little glamour magic at the end of the Dark World to take his adopted father's place on the throne of Asgard. Since then, we've wondered, if Loki's on the throne pretending to be his dad, then where does that leave the real Odin? Well, these new set picks offer an answer. He's a hobo in New York. Coming Soon has more images which show Odin in a new earthly and earthy duds. <laughs> oh man. It seems like he may be either hiding or living in exile on Earth where he appears to be disguised as a homeless man or a really big fan of the Grateful Dead. <laughs> oh man, this writer just can't stop with these hilarious zingers, you guys. We've known for some time that very little of Ragnarok... Ragnarok will take place on Earth, which explains the absence of characters like Jane Foster and Dr. Selvig. And it looks though we now know that or who will bring we now know what or who will bring Thor and company to the realm of man. Taika Waititi is directing the I don't know if I'm saying his name right, I apologize. Is directing the upcoming sequel which also features the return of Chris Hemsworth as Thor. Tom Hiddleston as Loki 
and Idris Elba as Heimdall or Heimdall. I don't know. Joining them are Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk. Okay, whatever. We know. Just shut up. God. Stupid story. So if you guys see that picture, it looks like Anthony Hopkins and he's homeless. Don't click on it. That's the wrong bomb sound. Jesus. Can we get it right? That's it. That's it. We got it. Okay. Um... Hey, you guys, uh, tell me what uh, Taika Watiti directed before, and I'll move on to the next story. Dwayne Johnson's role in The Fast and the Furious was originally written for Tommy Lee Jones. Yep, that's right. In our useless news, Vin Diesel's Facebook page has become the ultimate confessional booth, and following an alleged spat between him and The Rock... The actor has posted a new video talking about Johnson's role in the franchise. Diesel said that the reason he brought Rock Johnson (laughs) into the Fast franchise, starting with the Fast Five, was because of fans' demands to see them on screen together. The actor added that they always tried to listen to what their fans wanted to see out of the movies, and when Johnson agreed to join the series, they were more than happy with how the performance turned out. So he gave the role that was originally written... For Tommy Lee Jones. Oh wait, I gotta read it like The Rock. So we gave the role. No, I can't do it. So we just. Uh, so we gave the role that <laughs> it was originally written for Tommy Lee Jones to The Rock instead, and he shined in it. That's right, guys. It was the best casting they ever could have done. Haku I gotta say, The Rock has come a long way, or should I say, Dwayne Johnson, since. Um, the Mummy 2. Am I right? The Scorpion King. Diesel didn't add anything about the alleged issues the two shared on set that sparked interest after Johnson published a post on Facebook about working with Candy Ass. Oh, working with Candy Ass actors. <laughs> Days after the post went live, TMZ reported that Johnson was talking about Vin Diesel. Oh no, he did it! Throwing shade at Vin! Putting Vin Diesel on blast? Are you kidding me? And the two held a meeting at an undisclosed location in Los Angeles to hash it out. Oh, cool. They met in like a warehouse or something. And they fought it out with gigantic pipe wrenches. All right. That sounds awesome. Since Johnson's introduction to the franchise as Special Agent Hobbs, he's become a vital part of the series, appearing in the last two films as well. In the upcoming Fast 8, they'll be joined by other major characters like Helen Mirren and Charlize Theron, with Johnson's role being one of the biggest yet for the actors since he joined the family. Okay, I will say this. There's a part in um, the last movie where The Rock and Jason Statham have a knockdown drag-out fight in the police precinct and that would have been awesome just picture jason jason statham beating the shit out of tommy lee jones (laughs) that would have been pretty messed up or even the rock i mean even uh, vin diesel and the rock wait i'm getting confused between them okay in fast five vin diesel and the rock had a huge knockdown drag out fight there's no way that would have worked with tommy lee jones am i right Another thing I wanted to say is that, uh, did anyone else see Jason Bourne? Did anybody see that most recently? Because, uh, Tommy Lee Jones is in that. 
And I don't want to be mean or rude or any, anything, but he looks bad. Like, he looks like a basset hound. I'm not kidding. His face is melting off of his skull. So, not to be insulting, I'm just saying. You know, I'm just saying it like it is, you know. Where the hell is that drop, Foggy, that I'm looking for? Jesus Christ. Oh, wait, here we go. Oh, here we... No, that's not it! God! Sorry, behind-the-scenes stuff here, guys. Just, uh, never mind me. <laughs> oh, my God, this is making me so mad. It's making me so mad! All right, anyway... <laughs> Uh, next story! Stan Lee is fine with Zendaya, I believe that's how you say her name, as Spider-Man Homecoming's Mary Jane. I don't know if you guys saw this, but recently uh, we found out that Zendaya, who was on some show on Disney that my daughter used to watch when she was little, uh, she has been cast for a while in Spider-Man Homecoming, but nobody knew who she was in the movie. They're like, oh, who who's she play? We don't know. She's going to be a character in there. Well, we found out it was Mary Jane. Well, there's just one problem, folks. She's black. And a lot of people are pissed. But nobody's really pissed. This is a created story that they do for every new movie, guys. Remember when... Michael B. Jordan was cast in Fantastic Four. I'm not saying people weren't like, what? He's he's black? He's supposed to be white? Or whatever. I understand that. But I think it's become something that they do just to get people talking about the movie on the internet and create a buzz. I don't know. It's starting to seem like a conspiracy to me. It's kind of starting to seem like they live where everyone stay asleep. You know what I mean? It's like... Everybody keep getting upset or thinking other people are getting upset. So either we, as fans or geeks or whatever, we're like, hey, what's the big deal here? Or people like, hey, that's bullshit. They can't. She's a redhead. They can't cast her. You know, whatever. It just keeps us all busy where we don't notice the real world is falling. Rome is burning people. You know what I'm saying? Well, actually, that's very poor uh, choice of words right now. Uh, because of the earthquake and stuff. So I really, I take that all back. I'm just saying, uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just a podcaster. So anyway, last week, rumors began circulating that former Disney star Zendaya would be the next in line to play Mary Jane Watson in the upcoming Marvel Studios and Sony Pictures joint with Spike Lee, apparently. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. The fan world immediately began buzzing about the casting choice which, if proven true, marks the first time a black actress will portray the character. Much like the current Marvel Comics' newest Civil War storyline, the debate is heated on both sides of the aisle. Oh, give me a break. <laughs> so Mary Jane's creator himself, Stan Lee, stepped in to offer his two cents. Damn straight, Stan Lee. He said, what he says goes, people. If she's, a good, if she's as good an actress as I hear she is... I think it'll be absolutely wonderful. Excelsior, the 93-year-old Lee said in an interview. Zendaya, who got her start on Disney's Casey Undercover, was reportedly set to play a new character referred to as Michelle. Before a news report confirmed that the character was actually Mary Jane Watson. If, the, if, the, uh, if Mary Jane is her real role, 
she would be taking over for Kirsten Dunst, who was the last actress to portray the typically redheaded love interest of Peter Parker in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy. Shailene Woodley filmed a scene as Mary Jane for Spider-Man 2 that was left out of the final cut of the film because they decided, uh, we really got nothing for it to do. The movie's jam-packed with plot, so... Lee cited past casting for his other Marvel creations as proof that race shouldn't be a necessary factor in choosing performers. In Daredevil, the kingpin, who had been white in the comics, he was a black man playing the role. Michael Clark Duncan, guys. Not to mention Nick Fury is Samuel L. Jackson. Can you picture anyone else in that role now? Exactly. So, this is dumb. Uh, for whatever next movie they'll choose to do, they will do something similar. I th- they'll cast an Asian as somebody or whatever, and people just need to learn cast whoever's good for the role. And I think we know that. And this is just a new cycle that repeats itself. It's on repeat, guys. <laughs> Fans petitioned ABC to release Marvel's most wanted pilot. Now, those of you who don't watch Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Adrian Palicki and another dude on there played two characters, and they tried to do a spinoff. And so their characters were written out of the show to star in their own show. Well, they made a pilot, but they didn't pick it up. Which, uh, unfortunately, they were great on the show, and I'll miss uh, Adrian Palicki. But people are like, dude, we want to watch the pilot, man. It sounds awesome. Although ABC didn't pick up, pick it up to series, Marvel's Most Wanted is still wanted by the fans. One fan, Dominic, hopes to encourage ABC to release the pilot episode with a petition on Change.org. <laughs> Titled, Please Air Marvel's Most Wanted TV Pilot for Fans. The petition has 600... Oh, wait, wait, no. I got to read this exactly word for word. The petition has amassed 660 signatures since it launched a few months ago. Oh, God. If it would have said a few days ago, it would have been like, okay, they're going to compile some more. But a few months ago, and they only have 660 signatures? The thought of getting an entire series based around these two hugely popular characters was incredibly exciting. A fair amount of details about the show were gradually released, including the basic premise of a conspiracy and a manhunt for the pair and the casting of Delroy Lindo as Dominic Fortune. The pilot episode was filmed in rap production in March with writers Jeffrey Bell and Paul Zbizewski penning the script, which is praised by previous ABC Entertainment Paul Lee. This uh, nerd expressed his disappointment that the show didn't move forward at ABC, but hopes his petition will encourage the network to release. Okay, it was, this, is, this petition was started months ago. They only have 660 characters. Why is this an article? <laughs> it's, there's nobody signing the petition, you guys. It's, it's kind of sad. But you know what? I think I'm going to sign it just because I feel bad. And how? I'd like to see it. And you know what? I also want to see the Wonder Woman pilot that David Kelly did with Adrian Palicki as Wonder Woman. I still haven't seen that shit. I want to check that out, man. That sounds awesome. Who's with me? Hey, let's start a petition. 
we want to see the Wonder Woman pilot, even though it was years ago, and now they have a movie, but still, we want to see it because we want it now. We want it now. So, anyway. <laughs> Adam, we want, we want, wah, wah, wah. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys, that's all of my stories for this week, so now it's time for an episode of Let's Read Rotten Tomatoes. Wait, can, can't we do something with that? Hold on a second. Um, Let's read Rotten Tomatoes! Hey, that was pretty good. Okay, let's see. This week, August 26th, this Friday, Don't Breathe comes out. I don't know about you guys, but this looks pretty messed up. This looks pretty chilling. It stars Stephen Lang, who, of course, we know was the bad guy in Avatar. And he's a great actor. He's fantastic in Tombstone. You won't even recognize him. So this creepy movie, it looks like these teenagers break into this blind guy's house to rip him off. But it turns out the guy is an effing psycho. Don't Breathe smartly twists its sturdy premise to offer a satisfyingly tense, chilling addition to the home invasion genre that's all the more effective for its simplicity. 90% 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. 19 fresh, 2 rotten. So it's starring um, Jane Levy, who is on a show called Suburgatory on ABC, and Stephen Ling. Oh, jeez. Come on. I'm doing a show live, baby. She's reverse sneezing, guys. Just ignore it. Nothing to hear here. Nothing to see here. It's directed by Fidi Alvarez, who I believe did The Walking... No, not The Walking... Who I believe did the Evil Dead remake, which I never saw. All right, let's find some reviews here. Roger Moore says, What happens on the screen spreads to the audience. The silence, like the fear, is contagious. Whoa... John DeForé of The Hollywood Reporter says, A trapped-in-a-house thriller pitting thieves against an unexpectedly resourceful victim. The lean and mean pick offers scares aplenty and at least a couple of game-changing twists. Ooh. Kim Newman of Empire Magazine says, An intense, streamlined exercise in gruesome thrills. With a tiny glimmer of social context, it's all about the economy, which doesn't take away from the exciting struggle to get out of this house of horrors. Wow, pretty cool. But guys, come on. I gotta be fair. I gotta read the bad reviews, okay? Let me find one. Let me find a bad review. Okay, here we go. Martin Carlson of Consequence of Sound wanted to rain on everyone's parade, and he said... Alvarez, this evil dead, left many wondering what this visually talented director would do next. Inconsistent and offensive, Don't Breathe is not the follow-up many will have wanted. I give it a C-. minus. Wow. I don't know why you need to throw that in there. But Charlie Schmid... Charlie Sh... Charlie Schmid... Schmidlin, Charlie Schmidlin of the playlist says, Don't breathe indeed. Reaches a unique destination in horror filmmaking. Unfortunately, it fails to deliver in a worthy emotional hook 
to pin its savagery onto. I give it a C plus. Oh, okay. C plus. So it's a little bit better than the other bad review. But everyone else seems pretty chill about it, man. They're like, dude, check it out, yo. It's pretty good. For example, Katie Walsh says, While the site-based conceit offers the opportunity for clever suspense and scares, it's the snarkly realistic setting and also newsworthy themes underpinning the spooky tale that makes the horror of this film so bone-chilling. <laughs> All right, I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> i got to move on. Uh, I'm not even amusing myself, guys, so I apologize. Okay, let's see. What else we got here? What we got here? Um, Mechanic Resurrection. Jason Statham stars in Mechanic Resurrection. Oh, it's a sequel to Mechanic that he did before. This one stars him, Jessica Alba, and Tommy Lee Jones. Hey, nobody's reviewed it yet. I never saw the first one. Um, let's see. Uh, ooh, I don't know if I can read these. Oh, oh, wait, wait, guys, in a week, Skip Trace with Jackie Chan and Johnny Knoxville. This has got to be good. Only two people have given it fresh reviews and five people rotten. Let's read one of these rotten ones, okay? This review is by Maria Lonkerovic. Though beautifully short, Skip Trace is about an hour too long, and at times plays out as an overreaching travelogue, lacking humor, energy, and focus needed to keep its characters interesting and story on track movie stupid. Oh, okay. That might be offensive what I just did. <laughs> Jesus Chavaria, wait, is this only like critics in the South America reviewed this movie? A film to watch when you have nothing better to do. <laughs> That's the best review I've ever read. Here's another one. Jackie Chan brings energy to a film that desperately needs life. But there's only so much he can do. So you guys be sure and seek that one out. And if anybody, do you guys want me to read any more reviews here? Do you guys uh, want me to check something out? Then I'll do it. One more. One more review. I don't know if anyone else saw Suicide Squad. You know, I talked about it on the show. But uh, I got to see what Peter... No, wait. (laughs) I already read that, I think. I don't know. Adam, did you ever see Suicide Squad? I'm curious to know. This is by Jason Bailey of Flavor Wire. Leto's doing his very best Heath Ledger when he's doing anything at all. But his work has none of Ledger's dysfunctional dread or menace. He's about as scary as a fifth grader making faces at himself in a hot topic changing room mirror. Whoa. This from Leonard Malton. We love Leonard Malton. Taken from popular DC comic series, helmed by a star-quality director, peppered with a highly skilled all-star cast, what could go wrong? Nearly everything! (laughs) Alright guys, that's my final one. But thank you so much for listening to the show. I appreciate it guys. I love, love, love doing this show. And I love when people listen live. Oh, oh, Adam, you sent me a voicemail? Do you want me to play it live on the show? I'll do it! Let's do it! 
Before we go, I have a voicemail from a guy named Adam Sexton. Let's check it out, yo. First, I got to download it. That's the way the internet works. But uh, let's check it out. I can't wait to hear it. Adam, get ready. I'm really building this up. I'm overhyping your voicemail. Let's play this voicemail. It may possibly be the greatest voicemail ever heard. And now, it's time for Adam Sexton's voicemail. And action. Hello, Jaystrom. This is Adam Sexton sending you some voicemail feedback. And it's been a while since I've done that, but... I'll get to that in a few moments. The first reason I'm sending feedback is to take care of a quarrel, or is it a uh, a misunderstanding? It's, it's something that really got on my uh, got on my nerves, or or at least amuses me. And I really wanted to uh, send you some feedback last week, but unfortunately, I had a power outage in my residence. And uh, for a good part of the week, and uh, I just couldn't get around to it. So um, I'm taking the opportunity now to address this. The least likely people, uh, the least likely person of all of your listeners who I would ever expect to, what what do they call it, uh, throw shade or put on blast, (laughs) uh, decided to direct some at me, uh, Ken Preventure of all people, and... Uh, I, he was talking about you not receiving any, uh, you not receiving enough uh, feedback in terms of either voicemail or whatever. But mostly it was the voicemail stuff, and he singled me out. I don't know why me in particular, but I'm guessing it's because uh, I mean he recognizes me as a, as a vocal supporter, and that's great and all. But I have my reasons for the lack of the uh, voicemail feedback, and here it is. Ken, you may not realize this, but Jason and I uh, communicate through texting or Facebook messaging. Uh, we use basically the app for feedback or just talking about geeky stuff or just saying hello to each other. We do that on a weekly basis. We do this almost every day or every other day or just whenever we feel like it. That's the beauty of texting, after all. And uh, I've spoken to Jason on a uh, variety of topics, including the programs he's been putting out for like the past uh, three to five months. So that's why there hasn't been a whole lot in the way of uh, voicemail feedback. And uh, since Jason hasn't really you know, specified whether this was enough, I felt that it was enough. I felt that maybe a uh, voicemail would have been redundant. But... Uh, Second, um, I thought it was kind of funny that a man who admitted on the same uh, voicemail that you threw shade at me at that you didn't send enough, you're not sending enough voicemails uh, as of recent uh, memory to, to, uh, what am I trying to search for? You're not sending enough voicemails yourself because you feel like you don't have enough to talk about. Like... Uh, I think the the phrasing you used was you haven't been seeing any new stuff because uh, it, it takes it longer to get to you where you live in. I believe it was Japan where you live, and we get to see all the cool stuff ahead of you. And apparently, you couldn't send us a voicemail until that happened. Like 
Dude, you can send a voicemail to us about anything, uh, and it doesn't really have to be related to something new you've seen or something specific to your uh, to your region. It can be anything at all. So uh, I don't. I mean, we. I, I. I myself. I miss the husband and wife reviews of uh, you know of things like you know Star Wars films. And I thought that was going to be like a recurring uh, theme uh, with you and your voicemails, but. A, Apparently not. So I'm just wondering, like, why me in particular? Why not Ross? Why not Adam from the Bay Area? Why not anyone else? Why <laughs> me, man? Why you gotta pick on me, man? So, uh, <laughs> so anyway, so this is in terms of what. Uh, our community is trying to do with feedback. We're not trying to be like those losers over at Ain't It Cool News where, or at least specifically like Harry Knowles, where we feel we can't express anything about something we've seen without trying to uh, pass ourselves off as this huge entitled person or uh, a geek or enthusiast. We just want to hear from you, man. Uh, and, uh, why don't we hear enough voicemails about that? So, uh, while you may feel that what you sent was in jest after all this, uh, I couldn't just let this slide by, man. You you put this down on record, and I have to uh, <laughs> I have to respond in kind. So uh, just uh, I feel like it's this that scene in Three Amigos where El Guapo is getting on to uh, Jefe for not understanding what the word plethora is, and uh, Jefe tells El Guapo. Once again, I think that you're mad about something else, and you're just taking it out on me. So that's what I'm suspecting is happening here, Kim, because this is very unlike you. So just, uh, you know, for the future, don't, don't, don't start nothing, won't be nothing. Uh, check yourself before you wreck yourself and uh, other <laughs> expressions of that sentiment. So... That's this explains. Hopefully, this uh, contains the little quarrel, and you won't feel like starting some shit. Anyway, uh, second uh, issue, Jason. Uh, congratulations to you, and by extension, uh, Mulberry Bill, and uh, PCC Stephen for eleven years of podcasting. And while um, while we haven't seen the original gang on as much, uh, I'm really Really, really happy that you've continued putting out uh, output, giving us something to uh, laugh at and uh, think about. And I, I, I'm loving that you're branching out into other in, into other uh, subjects for your podcasting methods. Uh, I'm halfway through chapter two of your audio book, and when I finish it, I'll probably most likely send you some feedback in the term of vo of a voicemail. Uh, uh, or, or should I, I probably should just say email because there are specific things I want to bring up. But I really like where you're going to with on this story. So uh, keep up the good work. Thanks, man. Uh, please, I'm always pressing for more uh, Chuck voicemail, uh, Chuck episodes, <laughs> uh, because man, we're, we're, you're so close to wrapping up season two, and it's a wonderful season. So uh, keep up the good work, man, and. Uh, 
I hope everything's going okay with you and your family. And I want to extend that same uh, feeling towards uh, Stephen and Bill, wherever they are. And if the two of you can get together again, that'd be great. So uh, I'll end it here. And you yourself, Jason, have a good day and take care of yourself. Bye. Thank you, Adam. I appreciate that. And I do believe this voicemail was very tongue-in-cheek. Am I wrong? <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. I love putting on blast. What the hell does that even mean? FX. You German arrived yet? Not yet, Wapo. Many presents have been coming for your birthday. German has the only presents I want. Guns. Guns so that the name of El Wapo will be hanging on everyone's lips. He will be here, Wapo. But I think he will like your other presents, too. I have put many beautiful piñatas in the storeroom, each of them filled with little surprises. Many piñatas? Oh, yes, many! Would you say I have a plethora of piñatas? A what? A plethora. Oh, yes. (laughs) You have a plethora. Jefe. What is a plethora? Why, Wapo? Well, you told me I have a plethora. And I just would like to know if you know what a plethora is. I would not like to think that a person would tell someone he has a plethora and find out that that person has no idea what it means to have a plethora. Forgive me, Wapo. I know that I have it. Do not have your superior intellect and education. (laughs) But could it be that once again, you are angry at something else and are looking to take it out on me? Like what, Kevin? Could it be because you are turning 40 today? No. (laughs) Well, anyway, that's it. Guys, thank you so much. Thank you for that voicemail, Adam. It's awesome. Thank you, Brandon, Jose, John, Adam, and whoever's listening elsewhere. Thank you guys so much for listening live. Guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. And if you would like to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash landfill. There you will get chapters one and two of an audiobook by me called Dead Ahead. It's about zombies and other things. But that's yet to be revealed it's my zombie novel you know how i'm always bitching about zombies on the walking dead they don't do what i want to do or whatever i'm putting up or shutting up i'm putting my own foot out there (laughs) and uh, for as little as a dollar a month guys you'll get chapters of that so guys be sure and send in some voicemail at nimpodcast at gmail.com before the anniversary show this friday with Mulberry Bill, Steve and the Pop Culture Zealot, and me, the Jaystrom, this Friday. And, of course, Foggy, who still can't find that drop that I wanted. Do you guys know the one with Arsenio where he says Vin Diesel graduated kindergarten? I can't find it, and it's driving me crazy. That's kind of interesting. No, it's not really. But, guys, thank you so much for listening. Be sure, (laughs) I'm trying to think if I'm missing anything. Be sure and visit nimpodcast.blogspot.com. Again, go to nimpodcast at gmail.com, send a voicemail, and we'll see you this Friday. But guys, what are you waiting for? Get out there, watch some movies, play some video games, watch some TV, binge watch something, and I'll see you next time. Woohoo!
Oh my god you guys, why can't Jason find this god man's drop it's driving him crazy he's still looking and he'll probably be looking for the rest of the day, isn't that sad? What is wrong with this man? Oh well, thank you for listening and I'll see you on the flip side. Laters. Now this is podcasting. In a related story today, uh, Vin Diesel graduated from kindergarten.